Welcome. My name is Kirby Mallon. I am the president of Cefesa, and welcome to our monthly podcast. Today, we have with us Ben Felicia. Ben is the director of operations and strategy at the Pennsylvania Restaurant and Lodging Association, known as the PRLA. Ben, welcome. Hey, thanks, Kirby. Thanks for having me on. Yes, I really appreciate um, you taking the time to do this today. As uh, as the audience, I'll tell the audience now that Ben and I have um, uh, known each other for a long time, personally and and, and through business. Ben he works here in Philadelphia, uh, and obviously Elmer Schultz, the company I own, is here in Philadelphia. So uh, we've worked together on uh, many different projects and different restaurants over the years. So um, I'm looking forward to today's podcast, Ben. Absolutely. Let's get going. Right. Uh, why don't you tell us, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourself and, and how you got to where you're at? Sure. So I, I was, uh, I've been operating restaurants in the Philadelphia area for about 20 years. Um, during that time, I opened up uh, seven uh, new restaurants, um, you know, had a, had a successful career in Philadelphia, worked with some fantastic restaurateurs, uh, celebrity chefs, you might say. And uh, about five years ago, I was I, I had the opportunity to open up a restaurant in Jacksonville, Florida. And uh, during my time going traveling back from the few restaurants I was running in Philly and traveling down to Florida, and it all became a little too hectic for me. And I realized that Maybe operations after 20 years wasn't my uh, best bet, um, you know, to, to continue having a, having a life, you know, as I, as I enter my 40s. So um, I had switched gears and I actually started working for a hospitality tech company at a um, reservation uh, app that had launched uh, across the country. And uh, I did that for a couple of years. Now, during this whole time, I was a member of the Pennsylvania Restaurant and Lodging Association. I joined uh, them as a member about six or seven years ago. And after a couple of years in the in the tech field, I had a uh, I had dinner with my current uh, boss, the president and CEO of the PRLA, John Longstreet. And uh, you know, he had asked how I liked my job, and I told him, in uh, you know, no uncertain words that I did not like the job. And he said, what's your next, uh, what's your next career move? And I, you know, I said, John, listen, you know, I love hospitality. I love the Philadelphia area and I love connecting people. So I, I don't know what my next step would be. I, you know, I was thinking about talking to visit Philly or one of the destination marketing organizations, uh, you know, the P PHL CBB, uh, you know, and he said, Hey, why don't you, um, consider joining our team here at the PRLA. And uh, I had been the president of the Philadelphia chapter of the PRLA. And he said, why don't you do what you've been doing for free for us and do it full time and kind of run the uh, kind of run the state and what you're doing. So that's kind of where I am now. So for the past two and a half years, I've been employed as the director of operations for the, uh, for the association. And, and so far it's, you know, it's been going great. I mean, Obviously, the past 10 months have been a uh, struggle. I've probably worked harder in the past 10 months than I did in all my years uh, opening up and operating restaurants. But, but here I am. How about that? That's, uh, that's really interesting, Ben. I, I, I never knew uh, that you worked in the tech field for a couple of years. We've known each other for a long time. I, I guess that's where you were when you uh, dropped off uh, 
So um, well, that's very interesting. So today uh, for our audience and the members of Cefesa, uh, we do want to talk about um, the industry as a whole as, as it concerns restaurants, but also lodging. Uh, but we also do want to drill in and talk a little bit about what's happening in our neighborhood, which is, you know, the Philadelphia area. Uh, uh, so Ben, uh, I guess my first question is, how has the association uh, pivoted uh, during COVID to help the industry? Oof. So, you know, the association has been around uh, probably close to 90 years now, and we've been the advocate for, uh, for the whole industry. I mean, we, we represent uh, restaurants and we res- uh, represent hotels, um, destination marketing organizations, uh, amusements, uh, anything that touches hospitality, we advocate for. And, and by that, I mean, you know, we're, we're the ones talking to the legislators on, on the local level, on the state level with our uh, state representatives and our state senators, all, all the way to the federal level. We're, we'll have legislative roundtables with our congressional delegation and our, uh, our state senators. And we work hand in hand with the National Restaurant Association as well. Um, you know, on, on, on national issues. Um, you know, I, I joined because there was some, you, you know, a few years ago, you know, five, six years ago in Philadelphia, I didn't feel that there was a group that really brought the restaurant tours together. And Philadelphia has amazing restaurants and, and we weren't sure you know, who, who was speaking for us. And uh, the PRLA based in Harrisburg didn't have a real strong foothold in the Philadelphia region. Um, so I wanted to change that and we wanted to change that. Um, so, you know, prior to that, we were working with, you know, prior to this pandemic, we were, you know, working with our, you know, our, our local reps to try to pass good legislation. And we, um had many fundraising efforts uh, for our education foundation. Um, you know, we, we did a we did a lot of great things. And then, you know, March came around and we realized that we had to take a different appro- approach. I mean, restaurants really needed help. And, and we knew that right away. We, you know, all of a sudden we realized that, you know, although we're a membership-based organization, we had to look outside just our membership and realize that, Everybody needs our support. And, you know, immediately we cut off membership. We, you know, everybody in the entire state became a member for free um, during the duration of, uh, of the pandemic. Um, you know, we started working with uh, our governor, Governor uh, Tom Wolf here in Pennsylvania to try to come up with reopening standards that would be safe for the guests and safe for the employees. Um, that went well for a few months until uh, mitigation efforts became unattainable for restaurants, and uh, we, we lost communication with uh, Wolf's office. Um, you know, but then we also had to, you know, l- look at rules and look at regulations in a whole different way. Um, you know, we were able to pass legislation that allowed for mixed drinks to go, uh, something that. Um, Pennsylvania was always against. So, you know, that was definitely a new uh, strategy for us. 
We worked with, you know, Philadelphia City Council to pass legislation that capped third-party delivery companies from uh, gouging the restaurants. You know, most most uh, delivery companies, the Uber Eats, uh, Grubhub, your DoorDash, across the country charging, you know, 30% plus to restaurants. And, you know, at, at a time when everybody was needing to do delivery, takeout, or pickup, it was very important that, that we were protecting the restaurants. Um, you know, so we, we just worked on trying to find as many Band-Aids as possible. Uh, we knew there wasn't going to be a fix. We knew that it would be a long time before our restaurant partners, our hotel partners would be able to thrive again. We were finding ways where at least they can survive. And, uh, and I, I do that every day. I, I look for strategic partnerships that will help the restaurants out. I look for partnerships that uh, help our hotels out. Uh, I look for grants and any type of fundraising efforts that help our destination marketing organizations and, and uh, the, the entire industry out. So that's kind of my day-to-day, and, you know, and, and that's what we're doing here at the PRLA. Right. I got to agree with you. Uh, Philadelphia has uh, really, really exceptional restaurants. I've, you know, I've traveled uh, the country and I'm sure you have, and, you know, you go to these other cities and um, it just doesn't uh, hold a a candle to the the level of uh, expertise that we have in the kitchens in Philadelphia, in my opinion. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, it, depending on who you ask, uh, you know we are in we're in the top five cities in the country, if not the world, in in food cities, and it just shows you what we have to lose, uh, you know, during this pandemic as restaurants continue to close on a daily and weekly basis. Right. You mentioned you've uh, been there for a couple of years, but the last ten months you've worked harder than ever, and uh, I get that. Um, you know, we're slow. Uh, but we're also working uh, probably harder than ever. Um, and um, the restaurants, I mean, they, they, in this entire COVID situation, I mean, really there's one industry that has really taken a hit and that has not gotten the support of the government. And that is the restaurants and, and the lodging industry. Uh, what, what do you have to say about the, 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 that this, this injury industry itself and the lack of response from the government? Uh, I mean, it's so incredibly frustrating and disappointing. Um, you know, our, our industry is the second largest employer um, in the state of Pennsylvania. It's the second largest employer behind farming. Um, you know, in, in Pennsylvania, the restaurant revenue in 2019 was $25.7 billion with a B. Um, you know, we... we, we we have close to 600,000 employees in Pennsylvania. Many of them have continued to be out of work um, since March. You know, uh, they, they get brought back to work and then more mitigation efforts are, are switched up and people have to be let go again. And, you know, in, in, in the spring, when the mitigation efforts came down uh, originally, there was lifelines out there, Kirby. You know, there was... There was the first round of PPP money. There was extended benefits for employees. There was, um, you know, a, a weekly boost for um, 
you know, for uh, unemployment compensation. So, you know, people were able to take a couple of breaths while they got used to, um, you know, how to run the business under under COVID. But, you know, as as summer went by and fall approached and we saw cases spike and, you know, some areas of Pennsylvania and some areas of the country really started um, going after restaurants and 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 really throwing restaurants under the butts as as the bad guy and as the super spreader, and you know our, you know back in I guess October I think I was on Fox News and I you know I, I was saying that uh, you know and this was just anecdotal at the time but every time I saw additional mitigation efforts in Philadelphia and in our areas, we would see it about two weeks later we would start seeing a spike in cases which was opposite of what the intended efforts were supposed to do. And, you know, right then I, we started to realize that the unintended consequences of these mitigation efforts was forcing people out of the, the safer environment of restaurants and hotels and event places and forcing them into unregulated spaces where they're having private social gatherings where nobody was enforcing mask wearing, social distancing, sanitation, and contact tracing. And it wasn't until uh, the end of November, December, when we started getting all that contact uh, tracing data back, uh, originally from New York, and then we started seeing it coming in from uh, other states. They, they don't have a robust contact tracing program in Pennsylvania at all, so we just had to uh, look at our, our surrounding states for the information. And we saw that... The, the, the main spread of this terrible disease was coming from these uh, unregulated social gatherings. And, you know, 70% plus are coming from these social gatherings. And in every report that has been published, less than 3% has been coming from bars and restaurants. So first and foremost, we, we have to get the point across that, you know, th- this isn't... Uh, you know, th- this isn't a dangerous behavior. This is um, safer than than the alternatives. And in, in the meantime, I-, I bring this up because the guest perception, the consumer per- perception is that, um, you know, uh, restaurants are not safe. And, you know, and be- be- between the mitigation and, and, and that train of thought, it has really damaged the industry. I mean, they, you know, some restaurants originally were down 90% in sales. Uh, a lot of them are continuing to be down at least 50% in sales. You know, the, the employment numbers have not improved that much in, in uh, across the country as far as hospitality employment. And, you know, the, the Restaurant Act, um, which would have provided $120 billion uh, specifically for this industry, um, has not been passed. Why, why, do you think, why do you think that has not passed, Ben? Do you have any thoughts on why, why specifically the Restaurant Act has not passed? You know, it's hard, to, it's hard to get a carve out for one industry. And even though we have been hurt more than uh, pretty much any other industry out there, it's hard to get uh, our congressmen and our senators to carve out for one industry when all of a sudden then they they have a bunch of other industries lined up saying that we're hurt as well. But it, 
the the thing is, I mean, we're we're still the second largest employer. Like you you have to you have to look at these numbers. You have to look at all these people out of work. These restaurants there that are failing on a daily basis. And and Kirby, it's not just you know, it's not just the restaurants that have already closed. Although there's um, upwards of 120,000 restaurants across the country that have already closed permanently. Um, you know, eventually. After running a restaurant for 10 months at, um, you know, reduced revenue, you know, you might be able to survive week to week. You know, you're making that decision week to week. Can I pay my bills? Can I pay my rent? Can I pay my employees? And then can I pay my own like house mortgage? Um, you know, uh, eventually down the road, three months from now, six months from now, nine months from now, we're going to see so many more restaurants close and, and it's just heartbreaking as the bills come in and all of a sudden 2020 comes to bear even if it's 2021 or 2022. I feel so bad for these independent restaurateurs. Uh, you and I uh, know these people by first names and, and you know they're literally crying on my shoulder uh, because you know let's be honest a lot of these chefs really are not businessmen they're they're chefs. So a lot of times they know how to run the back of the house and they struggle to, to, to with finances and stuff like that. When times are good, it's not a problem. But right now they are all struggling. Um, it looks like the Restaurant Act, and, I, and that makes sense, Ben, that um, if you carve out one industry, they're all going to kind of line up. However, they did seem to take care of the airline industry one after another. And yeah, they, all, they always do, right? They always do. Yeah. Um, so... Um, the PPP money. So the first round of PPP uh, worked very well for us at Almer Schultz. It came at the right time. We used the money as it was intended. We kept all of our employees on, on even though we didn't have work. Uh, and um, we took the opportunity to train our technicians with additional training and certifications. Uh, most of our technicians now are master Cephasa certified technicians. Um, but as far as the PPP, I know that restaurants that I've talked to, they said, look, we, it doesn't make a sense for us to take the money because they were not allowed to be open. Now, the second round of PPP, do you think the restaurateurs are going to take advantage of it and will it uh, assist them and help them? I mean, I, I think so. You know, the first time around, there was a lot of confusion. Um, there was a lot of regulations on how you can use it. A lot of those restrictions have been uh, softened this time around. There is uh, the ability to, to pull more if you are in the hospitality industry uh, this time. And, you know, the, the, it, it's just going to make a lot of people more comfortable to take that money. Now, again, this isn't the this, you know, this is a little bit of a lifeline. It, it's not the savior here. And it's crazy to say this, but that $900 billion is, you know, it's, it's a down payment, Kirby, you know, it, it's going to get us, it's going to get, it's going to get some people through maybe the next month or two, but it's just a down payment. It, it, it's not the answer. It's not the savior. Um, they're, they're definitely going to, they're definitely going to need more. And, and also, as you said, the, these independent restaurants, you're usually talking a single chef or a husband and wife that, you know, have just been busting their butt for the past, you know, for their whole life to, to open these restaurants and to sustain these restaurants and to um, employ, employ these people that they consider family. And, um, you know, they, 
they're not used to putting their hand out for for money. Uh, and I think that was some of the struggle the first time around. This time around that we know a lot more about the program and people are a lot more comfortable doing it. Um, you know, I think it's going to be a, a more successful uh, for our industry. And, you know, hope, hopefully it does give them it, it does give them that uh, life preserver to to get them through these next couple cold months until until we start seeing a lot more rapid testing until we see, um, you know, vaccines, you know, in, in w- restaurants are like third in line um, for for vaccines in Philadelphia. They just bumped us up to second in line. Um, but, you know, b- between the vaccines, between more rapid testing, but, you know, the the we know a lot more about how the disease is transmitted now. That's going to help. And then, you know, spring is around the corner. So, I mean, I, it's January, I know. But, um, you know, hopefully by April when it gets a little bit warmer out there and outdoor dining becomes a more robust, uh, hopefully we just get to we get to April and start seeing our 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 lives you know come come back yeah the philadelphia restaurants have have particularly been hit hard i mean they they have uh zero indoor dining that's been in place uh since uh before christmas right and um it it expires on saturday so saturday they're allowed to have 25 percent indoor dining and uh we do have outdoor dining but as you said ben it's 30 degrees outside so uh, here in Philadelphia, so no one's eating outdoors, um, or very few. Certainly not enough to make any kind of profit. It would make sense not even to open. If I if I owned a restaurant, I think I would rather close and hope that I can reopen at some point in time than trying to, you know, buy buy, buy product and hope that you bought enough product or didn't buy too much. It's got to be extremely uh, difficult for restaurateurs. They're already working on a very um, small profit margin. Uh, so uh, let's circle back to to your wheelhouse, Ben, which is you know the Pennsylvania Restaurant and Lodging Association in particular. Uh, where do you think your industry is going? Do you guys have a three, six, or nine month plan uh, of where you see uh, your industry in particular where they're going to be in three, six, or nine months? Well, hope, hopefully surviving. You know, at this point, we're working on our legislative priorities for 2021, which are, you know, as you can imagine, a lot different than they were in January of 2020. You know, right now in Philadelphia, we have uh, 160 restaurants that have temporarily closed, uh, you know, just taken a hiatus until until the spring. Um, you know, we, we're just doing our best to give people the resources and the guidance to, to stay alive right now. Um, you know, it, we've seen 50 restaurants close permanently in, in Philadelphia in the past um, couple months, you know, but the, 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 the bright spot is, I mean, I, I've seen over 20 new restaurants open, you know, so it, it's amazing the resilience of this industry. And we see it, we see it every day, you know, looking ahead, you know, I don't think we're going to be packed side by side in, in tables anymore. You know, you, you've been to some of my old restaurants where, you know, I would actually have to pull out a table to, you know, to, to, 
seat your date because the tables were so close together. I, I think that might be a, a, a thing of the past. Um, you know, we've seen, you know, the, the pivots. You know, I was on a call this morning with, and, and all these things, I, I take all these calls anymore that I never thought I would ever take ever, right? So I was on a call this morning with an owner of a chain of grocery stores, and I was connecting him with Philadelphia Restaurant Tours so they could start doing um, uh, like dinner packages to go in their grocery stores, uh, which would boost revenue for um, the restaurant owners just as another stream of income. You know, so we, you know, we, we've, we, we've seen, you know, uh, silver linings, right? So we've seen a lot more takeout to go. We've seen some really cool meal packages out there. We've seen, um, you know, restaurants that normally would have not done delivery, you know, offer delivery. We've seen, uh, you know, shoot. I mean, every day I'm, you know, I, I look through the, the, different industry rags just to see all these success stories that, you know, that, that people have about the, the things that they have done to protect their, to protect their restaurant and uh, provide, provide income for their employees. So on, on that sense, it's pretty cool. That's a great idea that uh, a, a supermarket chain would reach out to you to get to uh, restaurants. That's a great concept. People don't realize when you say that restaurant closed, you think of the restaurant tour. Oh, uh, shame for him! But it's it's more than that. It's all their employees, obviously. Then you have then you have uh, the people who deliver the food. They're not their their business is down. Then you have the people who sell them equipment. You know they're not buying any more equipment. The the small wares, the you know paints, uh, the the glasses, all that. They're they're all hurting. It, it's crazy, Kirby. Like I, I was on a call with uh, with uh, about six or seven um, congressmen and congresswomen, and you know I, I was explaining to them that listen, like there's very few of those millionaire restaurant tours. You know, they look at restaurants and like oh, those restaurant tours are millionaires or they're all sitting pretty. And you know, you and I, what we know, two of them. Three of them. We won't mention any names. We know who they are. Most of the ones are are you know hardworking guys and gals that are that are just put their heads down and, and work every day. And yes, ten months. I mean, these people have been busting their ass, you know, not to, to to not make money. I mean, they are busting their ass just to make sure their employees have a job and just to make sure that. Their vendors are, you know, hopefully getting paid. But, you know, I, I would sit on calls with these Congress people and pull up a, a restaurant P&L. And, you know, a restaurant P&L, you know, minimally has 100 line items, right? And I would say, listen, every one of these line items are people that are affected by what's going on right now. You know, from the Elmer Schultzes to the uh, linen companies to the, you know, to the refrigeration guy, to the micro green person to the uh duck vendor you know everybody everybody has been been hurt by this yeah i mean we typically uh ben would get about 50 service calls a day so uh and i didn't know that data until march came along and the phone stopped ringing 
Uh, and we went back and we looked at and averaged the amount of calls we got per day. I'm, I'm talking about people calling saying, hey, my oven, my oven doesn't work. We would have 50 calls a day. Um, and uh, that sounds like a lot, but when you have 20 technicians, they do four calls a day with about an 85% first call fixed. That, you know, that's that's how we ran pre-COVID. Uh, now we're lucky we're lucky to get 25 calls a day. Um, so you know, it has affected our industry. Uh, and it's funny, Ben, if if you were not in this industry and you said, Kirby, what do you do? I would say we fix ovens in restaurants before COVID. Uh, now what I say is. Uh, I own a service company that fixes ovens in nursing homes and hospitals and schools and restaurants. I mean, I don't want to, uh, uh, you know, I, I love the restaurant tours of Philadelphia and I would help them in any way, but you know, I run a business. I, I had to pivot quickly myself. Uh, and we, uh, we looked at the supermarkets, Ben. So we were able to pivot quickly, uh, and, and pick up some supermarket chains like you spoke about earlier, cause they're extremely busy right now and hospitals and nursing homes. So, uh, if you had a, uh, if you had a magic wand and, and you could, um, you could get things done that you wanted to get done, uh, what, what would they be? I mean, if you, if, if you had a, a way of making things happen and what, what, what would you like to see happen? Well, I would like to see, I mean, let me just talk about Pennsylvania. I would like to see a billion dollars in either additional state aid, like CARES dollars, or borrowed funds in Congress, uh, if Congress doesn't pass the additional support package. Uh, I would like to see the creation of interest-free loans for businesses. I mean, businesses don't need any more loans, but, you know, they don't want any more debt, but you know, if there, if there was some way to get some industry interest-free loans um, for for businesses, um, I would like to see extension of unemployment use for employees uh, and increase in unemployment compensation. Um, I'd want to see the elimination of late fees and penalties for any sales tax payments. Um, you know, I'd like to see the statewide prohibition of foreclosures and evictions until at least September um, of this year. Uh, you know, on the alcohol front, we want to make sure mixed drinks to go becomes a, uh, you know, something permanent. Um, you know, in, in Pennsylvania, I also want to see licensees to be able to deliver wine and, and mixed drinks just as they are able to deliver meals and uh, malt beverages. You know, so we, 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 we have a lot on our list, you know, and you, you're talking magic wand. I mean, magic wand, listen, I want this all to go away and get back to where we are. We've had, you know, 20 years of, uh, of, of revenue growth in our industry until 2020. Um, you know, after 9-11 until 2020, every year was a, a year of growth for us. And, I, you know, magic wand, I, I want us to get, to get back there, but I want us to get back there safely. But in the meantime, you know, we are keeping our eye on the ball. You know, we, there's a lot of legislative priorities that we are going to tackle um, to, help, to help the restaurants out. And, you know, if they know about it, great. If they don't know about it, great. You know, if, they, if, if we can get all this done and, and uh, you know, restaurants survive because of our efforts, you know, that, that's, that's my greatest wish. Well, that's quite an ask, and, and I think that's that, a lot of really good ideas, Ben. Um, our members that are listening, how can we help? 
for those things you just mentioned? How how can we help uh, you help the 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 industry as a whole? Um, these obviously um, visiting the restaurants and uh, ordering takeout and supporting our restaurants uh, wherever we can. But how, how can we help on a um, on, on the level that you're talking about? Sure, I, I you know. Uh, here's another silver lining, um, Kirby, over this year. You know, a couple of years ago, I used to have to explain what advocacy is, right? Like, I, I would have to explain what it meant. Um, I think this year, people understand that our uh, elected officials um, control a lot of the strings, and, and, and we need to get in front of them. So, you know, your members, reach out to your reach out to your state reps and your federal reps and say, you know, our, our industry needs your help, you know, and it doesn't matter if it's a, a quick phone call that usually goes to a uh, answering service anyway, but you know, every phone call, every email, every letter has to land on that desk and, and they all matter. Um, you know, reach out to the national restaurant association, uh, see how you can get involved. They usually have their, uh, you know, a list of your local uh, representatives, uh, kind of a one-stop shop. Um, it's really important to to reach out to the Council of State um, Restaurant Associations. Every state uh, has a restaurant association across this country. I mean, we are, we are one of a, the PRLA is one of a few that has you know, both restaurants and hotels and DMOs under our umbrella, but every state has a restaurant association. Reach out to them, reach out locally and say, hey, listen, what can we do to help? Because our industry depends on your industry and we're all in this together. So advocacy is number one. I mean, I, I still want you to go out, you know, if you would normally go out to eat three times a month and if you can afford it, do it six times a month. If you're comfortable dining inside and your state allows it, do it. If you're comfortable dining outside and your state allows it, do it. If you're only comfortable doing takeout and delivery at this point, do it. But just increase it, tip well, uh, try to avoid third-party uh, delivery companies if you can. Um, you know, if, if you can't, you know, you can't. But, you know, the, 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 the guy down the street that... You celebrate your birthdays at your anniversaries in your uh, special uh, occasions. They might not be around next year if you don't support them right now. Wow, I couldn't agree a hundred percent. A hundred percent, Ben. That's um, absolutely uh, right on, and I agree that um, you know supporting uh, these people when they when they need us is what we should be doing. Well, uh, again, I'm here with Ben of uh, Fletcher. Uh, Director of Operations and Strategy with the Pennsylvania Restaurant and Lodging Association. Uh, ben, how would um, how would our members um, uh, reach out to the uh, PRLA? Well, you can uh, check out our website at prla.org. And, I, you know, I am always available. I, I'm available 24-7 for any questions or guidance. Um, you know, if you're in Pennsylvania, I can answer your question. If you're outside of Pennsylvania, I can connect you um, with with your restaurant association or your hotel association. We have a unified partnership agreement with both the American Hotel and Lodging Association and the National Restaurant Association. Uh, my email is very easy. It's ben at 
prla.org. Um, I respond quickly and to everybody uh, because I want to help, right? I, I, I want to make sure this uh, industry is protected. I, I love it. You know, it's it's been my lifeblood for my entire life, and I, I don't want to I, I don't want to see it diminish. So uh, I'm always looking for support. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, it's in my blood, and uh, I've been doing this for 30 years, and I love it. And uh, I don't want to see it go away. I mean, the um, I don't want to be eating it. You know, nothing against chain chain restaurants, but you know, I don't want to have my options being uh, chain restaurant A or chain restaurant B. I enjoy the uh, the uh, the restaurant tours, um, independent restaurant tours, and we all need to support them. Again, um, I can I agree with you more. Yeah, independents are where it's at. Well, uh, Ben, uh, as I said, Ben could be uh, reached at Ben at PRLA.org. And the website, again, is www.PRLA.org. Well, Ben, thank you very much for your time today. I really appreciate it. And um, if you, if, unless you have some final thoughts, uh, we'll, we'll call it a day. No, thank you so much for having me on. And just as a reminder, go out to eat tonight.